and welcome to Zbrojovcast, the English language Zbrojovka but no podcast that nobody asked for. My name's David. And you've caught me in the middle of a yawn. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Long, long week so far there. Again yawning. <laughs> again. Yes. It's I'll start a... that again, shall I? I mean, if you like, yeah, go yeah. on. Oh, don't, because now you got me going. <sighs> right. Yeah. Keep, 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 keep it right. rolling. Keep it right. rolling. Hello and welcome to Zbrojovcast, the English language Zbrojovka but no podcast that nobody asked for. My name's David. And I'm not yawning this time. Good, yeah. That's uh, certainly a thing that happened and something that has not continued. And hopefully won't, because we've got a great show. Well, you're going to see a jam-packed show and it's not that jam-packed, a regular, right? A regular show tonight. Your, your standard show. Yes, yeah. If you've listened to us before, well... It's that. We can skip this one, basically, <laughs> is what we're saying. Well, no, no, please don't skip this one, listener. We're all, we, you know, we're only 30 seconds in. Don't, you know. <laughs> all goes downhill from here. Well, what have we got? Well, we've got Dukla. Um, <laughs> all goes downhill <laughs> from here. <laughs> yeah, we've got a match reporters for I've got away in Dukla. We've got, uh, what's the deal with both Davidsa and Karlin, uh, excitingly, for reasons. Uh, we've got two previews of Khudim and Opava. We've got beer at the podcast, and we've got hot or not. So, there we go. Uh, a compact show, I would say. An efficient show. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, efficiency—that's our mission. See. All we wanted for Christmas was a Dukla Prague away win. We didn't. <laughs> We didn't get one. I mean, it's Sproyovka in Prague. As, as, yes. I, as I was having to console people <laughs> through, throughout the, uh, the 90 minutes that were expecting something to happen from Sproyovka in Prague. Um, Nothing happened from Sproyovka in Prague. I think it's safe to say that um, you and I probably went into this game having done this way too many times Um and basically going, well, if we get anything, then that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's got to be something. But for a change, we had a, a group of people um, who were quite excitable, excitable, excited. To, and, you know, and it was... They were a, also excitable. That's yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I was quite excited as well because it's usually just, you know, there's right, there's nothing wrong with your company, David. <laughs> but, you know, when there's like more people there, there's mm. like, it felt like a real group of us. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. felt a bit lads, lads, lads. Yeah. And we're probably the most unlad people there are. Yeah. Um, it, uh, the, the entire uh, uh, trip started strongly with the uh, Friday early evening train from uh, Bono to Prague, where we had one of those um, sort of, you know, very central European train compartments all to ourselves, which was fun. Uh, featuring a three-hour vaguely football-related playlist, which was fun. Mm-hmm. So there was uh, cans and banter, much as I hate the word banter. Uh, but yeah, it was it was yeah cans yeah. and five of us. Yeah, cans and singing along. Yeah, five of us gone up. Uh, we found a place to stay overnight, and we had a fairly unwise night out in Prague. It was a right laugh, though. We went to that craft beer place where the owner insisted on telling us well it is closing time you can only have beer if it also comes with a free shot which is just for you is not not a great no uh, not a shot drinker but uh, i managed to persuade him that i'll just i'll just take the beer it's fine so yeah so that was yeah that was good (laughs) yeah Um, that was a good bit and then we had to contend with the game 
Yes, and and well, no, actually, can can we? Um, I, I hope I'm not spoiling anything that you're going to bring up later on, but now a special shout out to hotel receptionist. <laughs> yes, I was not going to bring that up, but hotel receptionist <laughs> who, uh, because obviously, it, like we booked through Airbnb, so mine were the only details that were there. Everybody else had to fill their details in, but they had pre-prepared, they pre-printed my registration card. Yeah. Um, my country of origin was apparently, was it Guinea? Uganda. Uganda, that's right, <laughs> yes. So that was, yeah, yeah. It it got off on a on the on the front foot there. He was he was incredibly apologetic for the whole thing, and though. You, you, were slight, sweet. you were getting a little bit sort of nonsense potter edgy at one point as well, which is like, <laughs> why does this happen to lovely me? Yeah. <laughs> which was which was um which was quite good. And um Yeah. So, um, you Ugandan I am not I'm many things, but Ugandan I am not. So didn't 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 Ben say it was from Ecuador? Yeah, well, it was yeah, from, it was Ecuador quite... <laughs> Sash exclamation mark. <laughs> And Steve didn't have his ID, so we were worried he wouldn't get in at all. <laughs> yeah. So it was a very good um, shout out to Steve, uh, Fraser, and Ben for uh, yeah. making the trip. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, yeah, onto the game though. I've I've written very few chances. Is my first note of note. Um, the first five minutes actually looked like we might sort of be quite up for this. We're about out of the traps, weren't we? Yeah. Rosny yeah. uh, Czech and Hladi both getting into. I would say promising positions, not really chances, but it looked like there was a bit of movement happening there. And then come 11 minutes and uh, Lukas Buchwaldek scores what will turn out to be the winner with an absolute peach, though, to be honest. It's a sensational it's a finish. lovely cross from the right and he meets it basically full on the volley at a very narrow angle. It's Top a, of the net. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. off the inside of the post, slapped into the roof of the net. It's a hell of a hit. It was good and it was early, and then at that point you're just like, oh yeah, it's us in Prague, isn't yeah. it? So, uh... um, the Sporovka website uh, described Buchwaldek's goal as an Anglichark, which I uh, messaged your friend and mine, uh, Pavel Matsku, about and said, what on earth do they mean? And apparently it's a uh, uh, Czech footballing slang for a very well-hit shot that smacks off a post on its way in. Oh, very good. Yeah. Once so more? Anglichak. Anglichak. Yeah. Okay. Some some people say Anglichan, but yeah, the actual term is Anglichak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently, I, I don't know. Because you're an Anglichan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether that's like our English, or is English football known for, for goals like that? I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a 66 World Cup thing, if it goes off the goes off the frame of the goal and goes in. How about it was actually a goal? I don't, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway... In the, um, in, in the British style. In the English style. Yes. Uh, anyway, this this was this was a spectacular finish. Um, and then again, very little happens. Um, 60th minute, Moravats goes, goes close-ish with a sort of a speculative effort from out wide. Uh, 62nd minute, however, we see the introduction of two people. Aldrich Prager and an old man in Prague. Very good. Yes. <laughs> 18-year-old midfielder Ulrich Prager comes on, and 24 years his senior, we see the resurrection of Pavel Zavadil. A, a Jan, it's like a Jan Hladik's difference. Yes, basically, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, Zav came on. His uh, first contribution was to whistle a free kick over the... fairly narrowly over the crossbar, but then that was about was it. Was that his really. first contribution? I thought his first contribution was getting booked. Possibly after he got booked, yeah. I mean, there was a, there was only two minutes in it, I think. And so. God bless you, David, for trying to spin this uh, out with highlights. 
uh, I will give you another vague highlight. The away attendance was 108 people. The complete attendance was 682. Yeah, which so is that, incredibly poor. Yeah. Um, and that's with taking people there as well. Um, uh, I also believe it was Jonathan's first um, Czech um, uh, football match that he's been to, and I hope it doesn't put him off. Mm. Um coming back to, to watch some more Czech football. Yes, uh, he hello, getting... by the way. That was very nice, wasn't it? Hello to everyone. And actually, yes, and, and especially, of course, you know, going, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this uh, maybe late, later on, but of course, um, what I'm obliged to say, friend of the show, Chris Boothroyd as well. Yes. Who was in this, uh, the Dukla end. He was. Had had to put up with our shite for several hours um, after the uh, after the match as yeah. well. Yeah, hi Chris. But that was really nice to actually meet up and go for a few jars afterwards. It, it was, it, it was it's great, wasn't great it? It's great to see people at the football, especially people who you sort of know but you don't, you mm. know, because it's through the through the internet. Uh, so like that. So that's kind of cool. Um, if you are ever in the if you're ever in the Brno area um, <laughs> and would like to uh, put up with our shite in person, then you know please yeah. um, please let us know. Um, what, the only thing I really have to say about this, right, this whole match, mm. is if we are still doing this thing, right, where we get everyone up at like five in the morning and bundle them onto a coach and get them to Prague, I think it's about time we stop doing that, frankly. Yeah. I mean, we... Uh... We stayed overnight in Prague, and we were out on the beer since five pm. We looked a lot more lively than quite a few of them, to be honest. I mean, I thought after <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it's your cardio thing, isn't it? Because like, you know, after about five minutes, they 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 looked sort of oddly flat, but we also just didn't at all really fashion enough chances whatsoever through. To be honest, we just clogged things up in midfield for yeah. for us as much as them, yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't a good it wasn't by any stretch of the imagination a good game of football. Uh, it, it is it was a game of football, and uh, while they were still, I thought, bang average, Dukla were were far better only because I think we had one shot on goal the whole game. We need to start preparing better for matches specifically in Prague. We need to like get some sort of hotel or pension or whatever get players rested, be able to even, you know, see if you can get some light training on the go beforehand, you know, if, if it's not too early, uh, and get out there to be in the best possible uh, mindset for doing so. Because mm. we, it, it, it's become a mental thing as well as a physical thing. Absolutely, yeah. We cannot win in Prague. We have won twice in Prague in league games in, what is it, six years? Six years, yeah. And it's not like there's a shortage of teams we're up against. Yeah. The The... The least we've had has been two trips a season. Mm. Yeah. And you just can't do it. We just can't. You can't go on like this. We can't go on <laughs> like this. Uh, and this gives me fucking nightmares about next season with what if teams start pulling back? What if Lee Shen go on a run or whatever? And then we have to go, I don't know, to Zhishkov, really needing a result to, you know, sort of stay ahead of the field or whatever. Yeah. And it's us in Prague all over again. And let's be clear, Zhishkov are fucking awful this season and it won't stop us absolutely huffing and puffing our way to a nil nil there you or go something. Yeah, yeah exactly like yeah because it's 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 like the it's like the second level from Zborovka away isn't it because Zborovka away is also a thing right but Zborovka away in Prague is yeah. just like it's like nightmare on doom you can get past <laughs> the first like 30 seconds but you, can you fuck complete a level yeah 
Right, uh, on that um, apocalyptic note, let's find out what the deal is with various parts of Prague. So what's the deal with Karolin and Davidsa? We're talking about uh, two areas of Prague, one in which we stayed, and Davidsa where uh, Yuliska is, mm-hmm. where we travelled to later. Uh, conveniently, the place we stayed, this was more through luck than judgment, was on a direct tram line. So that was yeah. convenient, wasn't it? 25 minutes on the number eight. Number eight. Um, so, yeah. Um, Karolin is... It's just east of the centre. It's kind of... The centre is separated by, like, the bus station you will arrive in if you come to Prague by bus from Karolin. But Karolin's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. Fine enough area. Yep. Uh, where we were staying was round the corner from the Church of St. Cyril and Methodius, uh, which plays quite a large part in 20th century history. It was here that... Um, Parachutists stroke assassins Josef Gabcik and Jan Kubisch met their fate. Uh, in if, <laughs> their fate being turning the guns on themselves in the uh, crypt of our charge, yes. Um, so, uh, being what saves on the funeral costs, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you, um, uh, remember about their fate? Why were they there? Inform our listeners. Um, well, if oh god, okay, okay, is it, this is because I've got a degree, right? Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm 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 putting you on the 20th century historical spot. Um, my understanding is that they were sheltered by um, they were sheltered by the oh, <laughs> right. Oh, okay, it's an, it's an Orthodox he- church. So right. I was just going to say. Head priest, <laughs> priest. Yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they were they were sheltered. They were sheltered there, and then I think they were betrayed. I think they were betrayed. I think this was a day or two days after the the event. It was actually fourteen days. Okay, they were holed right. up for fourteen days um, in the in the uh, uh, crypt, as you yeah. say, under the under the church after they had assassinated uh, Reinhard Heydrich. Yes. Uh, Top Nazi, yeah. Who again? Yeah. Who again? Didn't die immediately either. That was a couple of days later as well, when they um, they sort of ambushed him. Yeah. Uh, the, it's a very interesting part of uh, of history. It's a very sad part of history, actually. That we we were going to sort of go, and unfortunately, things you know sort of got in the way. I've um, been fortunate enough to to visit it before and, and and see the um. There's a small sort of museum bit as well, um, which is quite tastefully done. Mm. Um. It's an important part of the narrative of sort of Czech resistance to uh, fascism, of which there, I mean, we could have an argument wasn't um, wasn't as much as you know the partisans and things like that, but ultimately, a classic seemed like a good tactic at the time, but led to a you know complete wave of repression across mm, the country, yeah. and you know, you know, most famously, of course, the uh, you know sort of um, the um, Lidica and uh, yes. the other village, yeah, um, Lony Lani. Uh, Lonely, I think, yeah. yeah. Um, um, Lidica, a, a town to the northwest of the Czech Republic, burnt to the ground in direct retaliation for this yeah. Um, assassination. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, as you say, seemed like a good idea, but his kind of martyrdom led to a wave of recrimination. Oh, it was just a massive crackdown, particularly, you know, well, obviously those are the two big examples, but also in like Prague and things like mm, that. So, yeah. Uh, the uh, parachutists themselves, uh, interestingly for me from a local point of view, were uh, trained in Leamington Spa, just down the road from Coventry. And um, there is a Lidica Peace Garden in Coventry, which is an 
a horrible dump, unfortunately. It's oh, yeah. under a ring road. So it's not that peaceful, nor that much of a garden. But there you oh. go. Um, you get what you get in Coventry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't realise how badly or how aggressively the Nazis wanted them out of that church. They sent 750 men in to storm that church. There was a two-hour gun battle to try and get these two lads out. Incredible stuff. Um, if you would like to read more, there is a fantastic book uh, called Ha 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 Ha, which is not, I mean, it might have been an SS in-joke, but um, it's four H's in German. Oh, yes, I've heard of this, yes. Yeah, uh, which actually was a kind of slang among the SS about how they described uh, Heydrich. HHHH uh, stood for uh, uh, Himmler's Hirn heist Heydrich, or Himmler's brain is known as Heydrich. Because he was such a such a uh, key advisor to to him, um, well, he was a massive baddie. Like he was one of the uh, he was one of the architects of the Holocaust as well, wasn't yes, he? Yes, yeah. Uh, but that book, it's by a bloke called uh, Laurent Binet, who and was not at all responsible. For, no, yeah. But it it it's it's incredibly good. Um, if you if you want a bit of an insight into that history, I would I would recommend that book uh, very very highly. Um, it's good to see. See, listener, like sometimes we deal with serious issues on this uh, on this podcast. So it's not all just oh god, why can't Sprovka win in Prague? It's also, you know, you say serious issues, but we've got a band from Davids are coming up who describe themselves as punk drum and bass. Oh, so. <laughs> don't do it to me, man. Um, Davids, which is where uh, Uliska Stadium is, is uh, also very nice, upper middle class, lots of diplomatic buildings, yeah, embassies, university, etc. Uh, it's actually where Václav Havel lived during his presidency. So there we go. Anyway, would you like to hear a band from David? Uh, no. Called, well, you're going to. They're called FM Wave. Oh, fuck off. Their song is called Gorilli, and their description on Band Zone is just all capital letters, and it just says fucking COVID death. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for a minute, I thought this was the, the, the punk and drum and bass act. So it is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, it's also that. Yeah. It's, it's called what, fucking COVID. No, no, no. They're called <laughs> FM Wave. Yeah, but but their also... but their description of their band is fucking COVID death, which I don't know what that means. They also clearly don't know what drum and bass means, as you're about to hear. <laughs> Believe me, that was the best of a bad bunch. Not for me. No. Uh, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, recorded in a in a bucket under the Voltava. Yeah. Clearly there. It's, it's uh, one of those one of those battery powered bass amps, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sort of thing. Well, there's that. Um, that's what's the deal with all the things in Prague that happened there. Um, you've got a Hrudin preview. For us, I think we should throw in early. Yeah, we can throw in a Hrudin preview early. Let's get, do that. You know, I've been I've been doing lots of talking, so I think it's it's time for you to take over.
So it's time to preview. Apologies, Kev, because this is going to get stuck in your head for the entire time. Crudy, 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 crudy. No! Give it some enthusiasm. Okay. I'm, I'm just thinking about those heroes. <laughs> you, you're still reminiscing on, you know, Gabcheek and Gabcheek and Kubish and No, there. no, no, Cabri's heroes. They are good, aren't they? It's getting up yeah, to Christmas. It is, yeah. Yeah. Or a, a ro- are you were you are you a ro- are you a roses or a quality street family? Uh magic do, 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 do. moments. Do, 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 do. Um either or I think. Um just whichever I can get stuffed into my face as quickly as possible, I think, really. Yeah, I mean uh, I'm pouring one out for this year's victims of the Toffee Penny. <laughs> um Uh anyway. Crudy, 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 crudy. Uh, yeah! Uh, Fuck's sake. Um, Go on. <laughs> okay, here. What have you got for us, Sam? Well, a message to you, Crudy. Um, nice. This is the last of our. This is the last of our first time encounters. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. So, um, yeah. So after this, we roll it all over and we play every cunt again. So, um, they're them and Zhishkov have both played fourteen and one two. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's interesting though, is that the two, what, do you know what the two wins are? Is it going to be something weird? Like they're both against the same people. Oh, that's really cool. Actually. I never thought of that. No, it's far less interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, is one of them pre-ram in both cases? No. Well, I mean, for, in, in, in case of Hrugim's case, um, so there looks, looks very much, it's a lot, long way to go. Long way to go in the season, right? Mm. But it really looks like you're going to get a, like at least one, probably two, of you know Zhishkov, Hrugim, Trinets are are done for, mm-hmm. right? Um, already, and um, Hrugim's two wins are against Trinets and Zhishkov, right? Okay. So, so actually, they they've got the form. Let's say in terms of the six point, the six pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because when when they beat Trinets, that was back in August, and then they came a goal down to um, to beat Zhishkov um, a few weeks ago. Um, so they also actually they got a point against Pribran, right? Yeah, which is you know sort of above them. Is there's the sort of four of them as well. Um, the, the thing about Pribram, of course, is that um, they're they're a team that will very far more likely than the others be able to sort of spend their way out mm-hmm. of the. Um, of, of this mess in January. To an extent, maybe Zhishkov can as well. I'm thinking in, um, if you remember a couple of seasons ago where they did the, um, the sort of the great escape, so to speak. Yeah. And they did it by bringing in... Yeah, they was, went a bit bonkers on free transfers and like, loans in January, didn't they? It was they? like 15 or something like yeah. that. It was incredible because I remember that was still when we were in the league and we were um, we were talking about it as just being absolutely mad. And the problem with Hrugim, right, is that it's very similar to the problem with Trinets, which we talked about um, on, I think, the... the podcast before last in the preview where they are a team that heavily relies on loans and this is you know they're on the smaller end of the budget i don't think they have i, I think they're better off than three nets i think they're potentially better off than like barnsdorf but um they're still when they bring people in it's mostly going to be on the loan market and that's really difficult at times when you are in relegation dogfights because when you do have contracted players, right, you are playing for a little bit more than pride as well. You're mm. you're also playing a little bit for your welfare and your livelihood. Uh, whereas you know, come what may, by the end of the you know the end of the season, you're going back to Slovakia. Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. Um, so 
Hrudium finished tenth last season, which is quite respectable. Yeah, very until, decent for them. Well, yeah. until no, until you remember it was a fourteen-team league oh, yeah, <laughs> last point, season, yeah. and they actually survived relegation by three points, mm, uh, no, okay. four points even. Um, and they they conceded they conceded thirty six, which was the fifth worst in the league, but they scored so many that they were only minus three in the grid. Wow! All right. So like they, so it was a really fascinating league uh, table last season if you if you take a look at it. So what they seem to have done, and I'm not really going to go into that many names, but they bought quite defensively, I'd say. Mm-hmm. So you got like Shresnicek from Opava, like he's a notionally defensive midfielder. They play him a little bit further up on the on the right wing. Um, Kruka as well from Vlashim, who you might know is just a sort of an absolute jobber DM, <laughs> basically. And then you have, um, he has a little bit of league experience. I think he was at Karvina very, or Sribram very briefly. Who in this league has not been at Karvina at some point? Me. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> like half our team passes through it as well, I know. Um, and then you have like, a, you have Fischl, you have Cadlets, both centre back. So mm. this is all well. So they, they, um, they really were, I mean, they practically rebuilt their defence and yeah. then they've been getting in a couple of setbacks. Obviously, they try and do this, you know, sort of like have um, have sort of uh, five sometimes in the midfield where you have the person who's going to take the ball basically from the defence and sort of carry it up. Your, your, your classic DM role, one yeah. might say. Um, and that's all well and good, but you've only scored 11. Yeah. So <laughs> where where is this that the strike come from? Um, and the thing that worries me a little bit is that when... Um, like, so they're relying quite heavily on this 18-year-old called Peter Yulish, mm-hmm. who's, um, and this is his first season in senior football, and he's, he's got three, uh, sort of oh, okay. a pacey sort of winger, and then um, Peter Bichka and um, David Surmai have five between them. So they've only, outside of their, their front two stroke three, yeah, only, there are no goals in that team, basically. Three, yeah. three, basically. And um, you know, there's nothing from the midfield either. It seems to all come from, you know, some centre-back banging on or getting his arse, mm-hmm. you know, on, on, onto a ball or things like that. So when you're going out to mostly, you know, play defensive and have this sort of split where all your goals are up at the top uh, and all your defences at the back, if that makes sense, and <laughs> yeah, hashtag yeah, strategy. Yeah, yeah. You either need to, you need to score, here's your big strategy, you need to protect your leads or score more. Right, right yeah. And what's, I found this quite interesting, and yes, I did look through every single result. Of course you did. Um, so in the 14 matches that Hrudium have played this season, they have taken the lead in one of them. Ooh. And that was the win against um, Trinets. Right. So every time they've scored, it's either been from behind or to draw. Right, yeah. And that's really bad. Like, that's... It is. That's, I, I, I am almost close to saying relegation form. Yeah. But yes. I mean, I think there's a fair chance they will get relegated. Yeah. Like, I would say, generally, um, having... I think it's fair to say looked into these things a little bit more than you because I don't have much of a life. Um, <laughs> I would say that um, Trinets' squad is slightly worse, or actually a fair bit worse. Right. Um, Hrudium looks reasonable, but there's not enough goals in there. And they do occasionally get hammered, like I think um, Vishkov, who again are looking like they're a little bit in trouble because they've been losing quite a few again. Mm. Um, they put four past them. Dukla, I think, put four past them. They're, they're looking a little bit dodgy. Absolutely, absolutely the worst team this season so far has been Victoria Shishkov. Right, and yeah. and that's despite them playing okay against us. Mm. My, I think that 
However, I think Shishko have the better squad out of all of them, right? So it's a really interesting at the bottom, and you're you. I don't know what you know. Um, it's a it's a it's a world's tallest dwarf contest, isn't it? Really, it's I, it's just going to be who's the least worst of them, I think. And then, but yeah, but there's still. I mean, there's still what 14, 15 games left, so you can, uh, you, you can get out of this very yeah, easily. Yeah, you've got you've got three months of rebuilding over the winter. Three months of training, bringing people in, sodding mm-hmm. off to you know Malta for a training camp or something yeah and then yeah and then and then and then coming you know hashtag back stronger in march so yeah because there's like there's like a point or two between rudim zhizhkov and um uh trinette and then one point above those three is Pribram, and then i think three points above them is vishkov Mm -hmm. and i can certainly see a team like vishkov in their first season back up here getting drawn down into that especially once you um Things like injuries might start piling up, and it's going. It tends to be quite busy towards the um the, this time of the year, bizarrely, because Czechs believe that the best way to prepare for the, you know, and to get over the worst excesses of the winter is to keep going out in winter, on astroturf and playing mm-hmm. um playing Yihlava ten times. Yeah. So that's actually it's actually usually and it's Broyovka as well it's at the start of the season that we are often like oh we've got three defenders out so mm. this could easily do with them as well I know I'm talking a bit more generally now about the relegation fight than the Hrudim game but there is really very little to say except we have a lot more quality in this team we should be going out there and we should be basically professionally putting them away yeah Podcast. Disclaimer, Sam has already mentioned that uh, this might take a lot more editing than I might like to do. So if it's a bit choppy, listener, then apologies. But I have no idea what he's come up with for this. What are we right. What are we doing here? I would like to put a disclaimer on this first of all. Yes. That when I came up with this idea, I was already in a posh beer shop. Right, okay. And something caught my eye. And it'd been something that had been playing on my mind since the last podcast, which is we've gone through a run of really crap beers recently, haven't we? Really crap, relatively expensive beers. Yes. Yeah, so I thought we'd go maybe slightly opposite. But then, <laughs> I was going to say, have you just brought Starabano? No, <laughs> even worse. Um, but then I thought... Is it know, a brew-your-own-beer kit? I thought, you know what, <laughs> let's just go for it. I might just go for it. And I thought, I thought, what might be my least favourite beer of all time? Okay. And thought, maybe, and I haven't had this beer for at least 10 years. All right. And I thought, let's maybe try and redeem it. Okay. Now, where was I over 10 years ago, David? Uh, I was not in the Czech Republic. That's it. That's true. Um, so what I think of as a historically very bad beer, and we've got two varieties of the same oh, beer. Oh, crikey. Is we are going to student union favourite, David. We are going to Desperados oh my beer with good tequila. Christ. I hate this beer. I've, I used I've to never had at, it, actually. I used to work in a student union. This used to sell quite a lot. Because for me, this is beer. Which it, it's right. There's nothing wrong with not liking beer. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not for everyone. That's fine. Variety is the spice of life. 
but this beer seems to be marketed particularly at beer for people that don't like beer. Right. And it is beer with tequila. Yes. I'll tell you right now, there you won't get much tequila. And if I remember correctly, it is basically like drinking sugar in a can. Okay. So we have this one. Okay. Well, if you give me that, I will. Yeah. I will. I'll crack that can open. You do that while I yeah. talk about what else I found. Yes. Which is Desperados Sangre. Oh, good lord. Which is uh, beer flavored tequila, grape, and spices. Well, that certainly sounds like a thing that exists. Both of these are 5.9%. They okay. will set you back uh, for a can about 35 crowns. So, well, yes, which is very reasonable, to be fair. Which is, don't, I was going to say, don't put it too much because we will be yep, yep, having yep, two yep, of these. Yep. Um, I mean, again, you. this is a good 10, 12 crowns more than you would pay for a half-decent Czech lager, but this is, of course, something that's imported. On the nose? Uh, well, yeah, it smells like a very, very, very sweet... Sweet, but there's a little bit of tang at the back that there reminds is. me very much of Viper Hard Seltzer. <laughs> I mean, that that's fairly true, but looking at this can, I've just got one question to ask, which is Sam... Where's, Where's the, the lemon? lemon? Um, <laughs> Three podcasts in a row now. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this is the regular Desperados, which, like I said, I never had, despite it being very popular in this country. You get a lot of people drinking it. God. It's fucking terrible, isn't it? Oh. No, it's awful. The obnoxious taste absolutely just disappears in a moment, doesn't it? It's very sweet. comes in, it's got a... You get no, a... it's... Right, it tastes of the worst lager possible. It tastes of, like, even though this is chilled, the lager tastes warm. I don't know how they've done it. It tastes of, like, warm Starbano 10 with sugar in it. That's really bad. The tequila taste doesn't taste of tequila. It tastes of something else, which is the thing that's getting me. And it's... I it, don't really know what tequila tastes like, so... You poured this. I shouldn't have poured so much yes. in here, should I? I that, feel this might be an edit. Bit. That's a mistake. Right, <laughs> um, listener, give us two minutes. We'll be back. I mean, it's just—it's really not good. It's just, yeah. It's one of these things that it's. I think it's huge in Germany as well, or, or something oh. like that. Why? Well, I thought they'd have better taste. I also don't know why it's popular here, why you can get it in a lot of places. It's cheap. Yeah, but I mean, also it's beer, and you can get better beer, stronger beer, for... Yeah, it's just, it's re it's just not good. It's really, it's really horrible. <laughs> oh, crikey. We're back for part two of Beer of the Podcast. I just, oh dear. I don't know about you, David, but I'm in the mood for an old El Paso fajita dinner kit. <laughs> uh, so this is, a, before I crack this one open, this is Desperados Sangre. Um, sangre. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I did it French. Sangre. Because <laughs> like, it's, um, yeah, um, flavoured with tequila, uh, grape and spices. Mm, so great. if you thought, right. So I'm hoping that this covers the, the worst excesses. Yeah, I I uh, have to mention previously that um, that I was optimistic in pouring uh, the beer out from the previous can, um, and I put 
I'd say these are quite small glasses and I put about a third in there and we still struggled. This is like a uh, just slightly over a half pint sort of glass, I'd say. Yeah, so. Yeah. So okay. this one, this one looks basically It's dark red like for a start. Juice. So, yeah, it's dark red. It smells slightly more pleasant. But that's, you know, that's not really saying a lot. It, it smells like it, it smells like a shopping center toilet that the cleaner's just gone in and sprayed some stuff around them. I think that might be exactly the level we're, we're at here. I, I, I can assume it might taste quite similar. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Um, Make your beers responsibly. We'll oh, that's that. funny. That's funny. All right, so on the back of it, um, what they've actually done is that they've um, broken it down so that um, this can contains 98.9% beer and 1.1% tequila. Huh. So notionally, there is supposed to be a, some sort of tequila in here. Also, is this a Mexican? Is that a Mexican thing to put tequila in beer? Because I know that they do that Mexican thing. They have beer cocktails, right? Where they have all the you know the spiced rim and mm. things like that. But I just don't think the Mexicans are daft enough to just dump a thing. I in don't there. know. I mean, we've all been there, you know, once before. Like, I mean, I've definitely had cider as a mixer for vodka in the, in a past life. Oh, but yeah. like tequila and beer. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to mm. ask uh, we'll have to ask um uh, have to ask John, a Mexican John Arnold say hey when you're down there doing your reporting on the Liga MX yeah how big is the tequila beer thing anyway John, John if you're listening please let us yeah, know if there's anything better I mean I assume there is but okay Olé. here we go <laughs> Olay indeed oh that's far better that's far that better is a lot better it does not taste at all like beer no. yeah it's just it tastes, you know what, it tastes like somebody in like a lemonade factory has just made something called festive drink. It's a yeah. touch of the Christmases about it. Yeah, it's just slightly fizzy, slightly, it does say spices on there and it, it is, yeah, spicy, but as you say, Christmas, it's, it's cloves, isn't it? Yes, it is. That's what it is. It's cloves. Um, it's not really, it's not really taking me to, uh, you know, Baja California yeah. or whatever. Guantanamo Bay, maybe. But. Yeah, that, well, it's technically <laughs> Cuba. Isn't yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, the first one, like, you know, if I had to drink that for the rest of my life, the cartel could just, you know, behead me now. But like, this yeah. is it's it's. Will I ever? Better. Will I ever buy this again? No, no, no. Hey there, Sammy boy, looking through the news so you can see Something we can maybe talk about in the heart or not part I know the song and only from The Simpsons. Um... It's, uh, it, it's, it's, I, I can't remember the name of the song or the artist, but it's like, hey, there's something, boy. Something, 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 something fancy for a year, something like that, it's, isn't it? It's Georgie Girl. Georgie Girl. By okay. uh, The Seekers. Hey there, Georgie boy. Yeah, hey there. <laughs> Jaddy Heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Georgie Girl by uh, The Seekers, Australia's folk, like incredibly mm -hmm. um, uh, sort of mild and friendly folk export from the 60s. Did they not Did they not change a bunch of their lineup and just call themselves The, the New, New Seekers? Seekers. <laughs> yes, and they... They became slightly too raucous for my taste. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, Did no. What? 
Didn't the new Seekers represent the UK Univision? I don't know. You should know this. I should know this. Oh, anyway, no. I have got uh, two hots and a knot. Okay. What have, I've got the classic. one of each. Okay. All right. I'm sure they have. Sorry, this is just, yeah. This is going to be classic content, isn't it, with you Googling stuff? Beg, Stealer Borrow, of course. Time to beg, Stealer Borrow. 1972. Yeah. Right, right, right. And you, you see, yeah, I thought you knew Yeah. Anyway. Um, I'm going to start you off with a hot, it's a very wow. quick one. Notts <clears throat> uh, County breaking the non-league attendance record. Saw that. Can you remember how many people it was? Uh, 12,000? Yeah, 12,843. This is for non-league football, Czech people. We're, we're barely breaking that at Sparta right now, so... Yeah. yeah. And that is the uh, the fifth tier the of... The fifth tier of the English, English football, football pyramid, yeah. That was, yeah, very impressive. That well was, done. Yeah, so fair play to them for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, do you have a hot or a not? I do have a hot. Go yes, on, then. It's very obvious what my hot is going to be. Um, on on today being a day after the um, qualifiers, my hot is, of course, Scotland. Yes. Who were unbelievable last night against Denmark. Uh, 2-0, wasn't it? 2-0. Could have been 4-0. Um, could have been 4-1, 4-2, or whatever. But, like, honestly, I have not seen a game for years, actually, where... Against like a decent opposition. Against like this is I mean this is this is a team ranked tenth in the world, right? This is undefeated Denmark who have conceded mm. one goal in the qualifying campaign. Um, I've not seen us dismantle a team like you know of quality like that in a long time. I thought we were excellent. I thought both goals were good. Che Adams's finish for the for the second just is fun, just ah just fantastic. And we che actually. Adams. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we yeah. look like a real football team that actually mean business and every so often you get flashes of Scotland that do this yeah and it's actually incredibly important because we you know because obviously we you know we, we beat Moldova like you're supposed to um meaning that we were guaranteed second place and we're going to to the playoffs but what this means uh, and this this win is that Scotland will not just be seeded but likely I think second or third seeds nice because of basically you know it's a shame because any other qualifying group, usually 23 points is going to be enough to win that game. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we lost once and drew once. Mm-hmm. So this is yeah. twice, actually. Yeah. Genuinely very yeah. impressive by Scotland all around. So yeah. I, I thought we were actually fantastic. And this means that we might, at least until the final, be able to avoid like a, a port, Portugal or, or an Italy. Mm. And we'll also be at home. Yes, good. Which is, which is kind of huge. So... Hopefully, and I hope you're listening up, UEFA, um, I will take North Macedonia in the semifinals, <laughs> yeah. please. And then I absolutely want to do the Czech Republic over in the final. Right. Okay, fair enough. Can you imagine? Vengeance. Yeah. Vengeance. Yeah. How you, just, just, you know, everyone just John McGinn and standing over him or whatever. How do you think about that, Patrick Schick? You know, <laughs> great. Oh, but I'm honestly, I've not... I was going to say I've not been this positive about Scotland for a while. It's very positive we qualified for the Euros. Yeah. But, like, I mean, we were better than when we played against Serbia in the Euros. We mm. were, this is might be the best that we've played since, oh, I don't know, we, we beat Ukraine um, a few years back in a, in, in a very good game. Um, also, I think we beat, we beat Croatia 2-0 um, at hand in, I think, 2009 or something like that, which mm. was yeah. great. But, yeah, it's been a while. Good. Uh, right, I've got a knot for you. Um Quote, it seems like there's a lot going on, but for me to put it in the simplest way, I'm trying to give children the things I didn't have as a kid. 
I'm just giving them the opportunity and I think they deserve the opportunity. What child doesn't? That quote is what Marcus Rashford said on getting his MBE. And that quote is the difference between Marcus Rashford MBE and every single member of this Tory government. Thank you. That's my political So the take. not is Marcus Rashford? No, the, 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 the not is the fact that uh, he's had to yeah. um, sort of bring this yeah. to the fore and do a lot himself and be rewarded for it when it's absolutely not his job. Okay. And that lack of empathy or his empathy and the government's lack of uh is uh, fucking shameful frankly so there we go that's my not absolutely yeah yeah uh, yeah where do we go from there right yeah um you've got a not as well yes yes mine is the macclesfield documentary i watched that the other day um what did you think of it Robbie Savage feet macclesfield fc this is the problem um this is the problem oh he's such an ass it could have been such a good show about an important community asset being, frankly, very well brought back to life. It's like the dad is lad or whatever, you know. Yeah. You can go and, is it thin, thin, and, and then, the old, you know, old job lad, lad seen yeah. on the, you know, bloody mower thing. And then these, you know, these sort of characters, the people, you know, in communities that, you know, I think should be at the forefront of football clubs, right? Yeah. Football should be a forefront of the community. And then it's like, so you start, you know, you have 30 seconds of that, you know, these people who will never tell at all be um, revisited in any part of the um, documentary. And then it's just all Robbie Savage. And as far as I'm aware, Robbie Savage has only got involved because he lives nearby. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. And he's mates with the bloke who bought it. Yeah. Um, it's on iPlayer. Um, it's sort of, it's sort of worth a watch. But like, if you've got an hour and you don't know what to do with yourself, but if I ended up wanting the club to go bust again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's yeah, it is what it is. It's it's Robbie Bloody Savage, basically. Um, right, I've got a uh, I've got a hot to finish us off. Go on, you like this one? Um, uh, FA Trophy. Yes. The FA Cup for non-league yep. teams. I do like an FA trophy. Uh, Marine played yes. uh, Dunstan. Yes, I know. This is the... You know what this is? Yeah, this is great. This sums up non-league football, It really right? does. Yeah. Uh, floodlight failure at uh, Marine v Dunstan in the FA trophy. Uh, luckily, 34-year-old Dunstan midfielder Phil Turnbull is an electrician. I just love... and, and And got into the junction box and managed to fix it, but also by phoning his mate with a phone he borrowed from some bloke. <laughs> this is just... I feel a lot of things... Like, I think a lot of non-league things are going around Marine at the moment, right? It's like when um, when they played like Spurs or whatever, mm. and the ball just kept going into this lad's garden yeah. and stuff like that. But like... It must be a rule at some certain level of the English football pyramid that you have to field a spark yeah. or a plumber. <laughs> yeah. There's always a plumber. There's always a plumber, a student is doing his HSEs. Yeah, it's always because it's it's always that 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 like you know it's the it's the you know romance of the cup TM you know yeah. a team a team of yeah it's always plumbers teachers and milkmen uh, yeah who have who have turned out for these you know these these plucky lads but anyway yeah uh, well done Phil Turnbull not uh, the Phil Turnbull of BBC Breakfast fame but a completely different one who managed to fix some floodlights so lovely stuff oh actually uh, before we talk about Opava I remember that I wanted to put in this lovely you you mentioned at the start of the hot or not section that um, there is a Simpsons uh, thing based on the uh, Georgie girl thing. Hey there, blimpy boy! Yeah. After Homer wins a ride in the Duff Beer blimp, 
And somebody on the internet, as everywhere, uh, you know, as that's where every everyone lives now, has done a lovely mix of that section of the show, but to a beautiful, mellow, xylophone-heavy background. So I'm putting that on now. Uh, here it is. A ride on the duff limb. <laughs> circular pattern on those fields that's from central pivot irrigation wow now let's see what's happening at the super bowl I think that's really gorgeous. And yes, you're right to call me out. It's a glockenspiel. I don't know why I said xylophone. You lied to me, David. <laughs> I know the difference as well. Like, why did I say xylophone? It was a glockenspiel. Anyway, Opava. Bannock Opava. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, okay. So um, full disclosure, um, I wrote this at quarter past five. Fair enough. Um, because work has been... Uh, oh, oh. Oh, old man Farooj, I've been busting my hump all day <laughs> uh, down at the fo- foundry. Uh, no. um, hi, Steve. And, al- <laughs> and also elsewhere, cats. Also cats, yes. Yeah. And and like the film, it's not been very good. So um, they're all, they have to fight each other still mm. a little bit. Well, they get all a bit like <sighs> hissy and they have to be kept in different rooms. And the small one has to stay in my bedroom. So likes to sleep on me, like on my head. And also lick my face and likes to headbutt my nostril. So, um, oh, yeah. oh, and sneezes as well. Sneezes a bit. Oh, like right. a lot of kittens do and just sneezes all over my face. So, oh, okay. Yeah, great. Shout out the cat. Um, <laughs> Opava, they're a football team. They are. This is a football podcast. Um, <laughs> the, the, it looks like, right. So it looks like Opava have kind of settled a bit because they had a start to the season that I think it's fair to say was surprising. I was expecting. Expecting Opava to, to be right up there at the top of the league. Of all the teams that went down, they looked like they had enough spark when they went down that they'd be almost instantly challenging you, up at the top. You made this point towards yeah. the end of last season on the podcast as well, that if they kept a lot of, you know, sort of the reasonable sort of squad of, you know, sort of key players, they might have a good fist of being able to mm. um, go up again. Also, a lot of things, you know, that work in Opava's favour is that they have, you know, historically as well, have a good loyal support 
as well, which is always good. It's a lot more spiriting to play in front of a couple of thousand, you know, yeah. fans and you know two, three hundred old men, you know, wags and things like that. Um, but they're they're ninth currently. Um, after thirteen games, because they're still to play Varnsdorf, who had the uh, the COVID situation, mm-hmm. and ninth sounds a bit bad until you realise that they are four points off Varnsdorf in fourth. Yeah, not Varnsdorf, Lashim, sorry, in yeah. fourth. Yeah. And this is the game in hand as well, which mm-hmm. would t- take them to one point, which is right up there. And then they've, um, they're in the plus column now. So they've had five wins, four losses. Um, they are 10 points from a possible 15. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, that loss is, I'm going to say humiliating at this point, um, lost to Prebram. You shouldn't be losing to Prebram these days. Um, on the other hand, that also includes their 6-1 tanking of Victoria Zizhkov. Mm. So we're playing a team that's going to be a little bit in... Uh, in pretty decent form at their yeah. place. Um, it's uh, a place we've never been, actually, either. No. It'll be uh, uh, a nice one to tick off. It's a it's a good sort of old-school, just you know, solid four-sided ground in a park, sort of just um, off the centre of town. Excited in about there. this. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. This sounds really. This sounds really awful and um, um, about most of the other league, but I'm actually quite excited to um, to go to a stadium with four stands. Mm, yeah, it sort of keeps the atmosphere in a little bit. It's to me a proper stadium when you have four yeah, stands. It it's weird when you have three or in some cases one, and there's a fucking BMX trike or trike type <laughs> track behind you, like yeah. uh, like certain places. Um, the only thing that I really um, sort of wanted to mention was Matty Helisic that we've um, Helisic that we've mentioned yes. on the show before. Yeah, lovely little player, and he is like unsurprisingly their top scorer. Now mm-hmm. he's started to get a little bit under him. He's got six at this point. Um, I think Rizniček has eight. Uh, Rizniček has yeah has eight. He's Currently second top scorer. Alagajic is top with nine. Yeah. Resnick check with eight. Um, or is it ten and nine? Either either way, um, it's those two <laughs> and uh, Honza Silny of Lishen, who is now on eight as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the nice thing about Helisic is... Um, yeah, you're right about Silny, actually. And you, you took in that game. I know. I know I'm right. I saw him score his eight on uh, Sunday afternoon. I went to see uh, Eskar Lishen versus Varnsdorf in their... Uh, postponed due to the Varnsdorf COVID situation thing. Uh, 1-0 to Lisheng. Um A game of decent quality, few chances, but three red cards, which was exciting. I've seen a lot of red cards at that Lisheng ground. Yeah. I don't know if it's something about them or... Uh, Varnsdorf's uh, Matthias Schumann managed to get himself sent off after the final whistle for a second bookable offence. He's, was... he's called him a cunt, hasn't he, or something? Yeah, basically, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, anyway, that was that. I just thought I'd drop all that I, in. All I was going to say about Helishitz is that he has um, scored a wide variety of goals, which I quite like. Like, he's had, like, a low-drilled one into the box. He's had getting onto, the, to you know, the across of a header. He's, you know, been up and out and all around, which, again, sort of gives me the fear a wee bit because it's Broyovka away. Yeah. But I think on recent events... Um, Again, it should be a game that we're looking to win. Mm. Yeah. Because we're now the... I mean, the one thing, actually, was um, with this game aside, um, the um, Lee Shen-Varnsdorf game, 
we got away with it. We got away with losing uh, to Dukla because other results went our way, including actually Opava, who beats Sparta B. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, yeah. Um, despite the 1-0 loss, that was a good weekend all round for uh, Sporovka because everything else went our way, which is um, something we should not rely on. But there it is. Anyway... Um, that's about us. I think that is about us. That's your lot for this week. Uh, we'll talk to you again after two more games, and then we will hopefully reveal some of the fun and games we've got lined up for the off-season because there's three months to fill with sweet, sweet content. So, And boy, will Boy, have we not planned any. But there will be some coming up, don't worry. Um, so, uh, as usual, follow us on all the socials, at Sproilcast. Um Tell your mates where they can get this podcast. That's on all the places you get your audio. And yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Hey there, Georgie girl. Hi. Swinging down the street so fancy free. Nobody you meet could ever see the loneliness there inside you. Hey there, Georgie girl. Why do all the boys just pass you by? Could it be you just don't try, or is it the clothes you wear? You're always window shopping, but never stopping to buy. So shed those dowdy feathers and fly a little bit. Hey there, Georgie girl, there's another Georgie deep inside. Bring out all the love you hide, and oh, what a change that be. You can't always run away Don't be so scared of changing and rearranging yourself It's time for jumping down from the shell A little bit Hey there, Georgie girl There's another Georgie deep inside Bring out all the love you have